0: Hello, beautiful people. Hope you're all doing well. In today's episode, I will be speaking about God's unconditional love. But before I get into this episode, I just want to lift up a prayer. You know, as always, we have to give God thanks for everything that he has blessed us with and every opportunity we can, we need to pray to the Father. So Heavenly Father, as I come before you today, Lord, I just want to lift up the listeners. I want to lift up everyone who is listening to the sound of my voice. Father God, I pray, oh Father God, that you will touch them, touch their needs, touch their hearts, oh Father God. For those who have not come to a relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you will touch them, touch their hearts just open up their hearts, open up their minds, O oh Father God, to receive the word, to receive the truth. Because Lord, in the scriptures, you said, O oh Father God, that your word is truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set us free i meant to say so lord i pray that they will receive this word oh lord knowing that you love them unconditionally in jesus mighty name i pray so hi hope you are doing well as i said before and you know in today's um episode i'm just gonna speak to you guys about the unconditional love of the lord and how is it i got this episode i was reading a book a devotional book And it spoke about God's unconditional love. And I said, you know, that is it. I want to speak about God's unconditional love. I'm just taking the leading from the Holy Spirit as he lays it on my heart what to put on this podcast and the episodes that I'll be putting out. So have you ever thought about what unconditional love means? I had to look it up in the dictionary because we often say unconditional, but unconditional love means love without any strings attached. And that is it. God loves you, God loves me without any strings attached. It doesn't matter what we have, who we are, it doesn't matter the works that we do, that's it. He loves us without any strings attached. And although we, at times, we may not feel love because I'm being honest, at times I do not feel love, but the thing is this this is when we're thinking about ourselves because the explanation with regards to the Father's love does not lie in anything that is in us. It only lies in God alone. Why? Because the scripture tells us that God is love. You know, earlier I said that um, I got this, this episode based on a book that I was reading about God unconditional love. And I'm just gonna read an excerpt from it. And it says here, only God is able to love the unlovely, the unskilled, the wounded, the inhibited, and even the rebel. Only God still loves you in your worst moments. So when you wonder, how can God love me? The problem is that it focuses all the attention on you. And when you're depressed or struggling with a personal failure, thinking about yourself is not very encouraging let's face it, we all go through struggles. We are human at the end of the day. But what what I'm getting from this is that when we are focusing on what it is we're going through, we're forgetting that God loves us. God loves you unconditionally. And my first scripture to show the love of God is taken from John 3, verse 16. And it says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that not marvelous? He loved us so much. He loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Another scripture that um, came to me whilst I was doing the necessary um, research, etc., is Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, and it says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them, that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And that is it. God is faithful and he keeps his covenant. The scripture tells us that he is a covenant keeping God. It's just like if you are married, a marriage is a covenant and you're supposed to be faithful in your marriage. And that is what we are. When we come to Christ, we enter into a marriage covenant with the Lord himself. Another scripture I have here is Deuteronomy 7, 21. That says, Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. So, basically, what I'm gathering from this is that it doesn't matter what's happening around us, we must not allow fear to conquer us. We must not allow fear to take a hold of us. Why? Because God is among us and he is mighty and he is terrible. You know, when you look at it, the love of God has absolutely no end. His love for you, his love for me, is from everlasting to everlasting. And it is, when you think about it, it is absolutely impossible for God not to love his creation. You know, for those of us, for those of you, sorry, who are listening, who have children... Will you stop loving your children? Well, I hope not. (laughs) I hope not because there are times when our kids do things that you're like, oh, but the thing is this, you will never stop loving your children. As a mom of two, how can I stop loving my children? Well, I know the pain that I've gone through, the sleepless nights. When I've gone through, you know, when you, as parent, as a mother, when you're pregnant, you that uncomfortableness, those feelings, those heartburns, etc., in carrying that child and that pain in giving birth, and after that child has been born, you have totally forgotten about the pain. You know, a lot of people often say, "Well, if God loves us." then why does he allow so many bad things to happen in this land, in this earth? I'll be honest with you. There are times before I became a Christian. I used to think about that as well. But the thing is this, what we need to happen, what we need to realize is that the Lord is long-suffering towards us. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone of anyone to perish. So he's giving people time to repent, time to come to him yeah and the thing is this god does not allow bad things to happen we have a choice this person who has decided to steal something believe me the holy spirit has been there speaking to the person and telling the person don't do it don't do it don't do it but because we are that person has made their mind up to do what is wrong. They have gone ahead and done it. And when they suffer the consequences, this is where now you find that people often cry out to the Lord. But because God is just, he will make you or even myself, when I commit something and do something that is being disobedient, we will have to suffer the consequences. The thing is also is that when we have chosen our free will, Not to be obedient to what the Lord is telling us not to do, but instead we have chosen our free will to walk contrary to the commandments of the Lord, to walk against what He's saying. Let's say, for example, in we have the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. That is a sin in itself, a sin. So when we have gone ahead and, you know, if someone does us something to upset us, what we then do is start to think about ourselves. Oh, that person has caused us to be angry. It's about me, 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 me. And then this is where pride comes in. And then although people sometimes people maybe even say to you, just cool it, just leave the person alone because you feel as though your ego have been bruised then you want to go and commit the crime. So you have used your free will to commit a crime. But then instead of taking responsibility for our actions, we choose to want to say, well, why God doesn't do this? Why God doesn't do that? When all along he has been telling us not to do certain things in his love for us because he knows the consequences of the wrongdoing. You know, when we look at the in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, the Lord told them, Do not eat from the fruit tree of good and evil. But yet still they allowed the enemy to tempt, at least Eve was tempted first by the enemy, by the devil, and she ate from the fruit tree. Now, when I was reading in the book of Genesis, there are actually trees, the one of good and evil. And then there's the one of life, if memory serves. Remember, God said they can eat from every tree in the garden except one. So that means they could have eaten from what? The tree of life. But what did the devil do? He told them to eat from the one that God specifically told them not to, which in doing so, it has then caused them to come out of the will of God. And this is it when we have allowed and used our free will. And although the Lord is screaming to us, don't do it, don't do it, then we commit sin against God. We have used our free will and become disobedient. But the thing is this, has God stopped loving us when we sin? No, he hasn't. God does not love sin, but he loves the sinner. We are God's creation. God can never stop loving his creation you know he wouldn't be a loving God if he each time we make a mistake he basically holds it over our head but when we look at the society around us we're telling the Lord that listen I don't need you and I have chosen to walk against what you have said we have taken the Lord out of our schools I remember when I was growing up in Jamaica we had devotion every morning. I'm not sure if they do it because I'm currently in the UK now. And I'm not sure. I know what, at my daughter's school they still do it. But we used to have devotion. Are the schools having devotion now? I doubt it. We used to have Bibles in the hospitals. I Since I am sure that they have now taken the Bibles out of the hospital. We have taken the Lord out of everything we have basically said to the Lord listen I don't need we don't need you we can self-manage but when we look around us we're not doing a very good job of self-managing ourselves is it the economy is in shambles the world is in shambles you know everything is basically is in shambles why because we have used our free will to go against what God has told us not to do, sorry, what God has told us not to touch. You know, there is such a breakdown in the society, but God in all his love and his mercy just wants us to come back to him, to come into a loving relationship with him. Many of you may ask, will this suffering ever end? In the book of Revelation, we're told that it will end. One day, God is going to wipe away all our tears. He's going to wipe away all our diseases. He's going to wipe away all our sicknesses. And death will be no more. No more will people die. No more will people die. I mean, when you think about that, That alone should give you that spur, that encouragement to say, you know what? I'm going to do my best to walk in the will of God. Why? Because he has unconditional love for me. You know, in Deuteronomy 7 verse 22, it speaks about the people who hate God. And it says there then, when they hate God, he's just going to leave them. Is going to leave them. At the end of the day, we as human beings, when someone doesn't want to be around us, would we want to be around that person? Of course not. Of course not. But the thing is this, the Lord will enact his vengeance on those who have chosen to be disobedient, on those who have chosen not to love him back as much as Oh he loves us. The thing is this. We are also made in the image of God. And as I said before, when people does, you know, do things to hurt us, we will be grieved by it. And at the end of the day, it's the same thing. When God sees us, you know, down here killing each other, doing all manner of evil to each other. Believe me, I am sure he is grieved. When we look in the Bible with Noah, God destroyed the world because of evil because of evil and it you know there's a part in it when i read it i'll be honest with you it even grieved me when he said that it grieved him to even create us imagine our creator said he is sorry that he even made us it's like if you're a parent and you turn to your child and you said i am sorry you were ever born that pain in itself is so heart-wrenching you know and that is it the love of god knows no end you know so let us walk in obedience and be obedient children obedient to the Father, obedient to His will, and giving back the unconditional love that He has given to us. And I'm just going to read a few scriptures, you know, that basically sums up, because I'm coming to an end now, and a few are taken from the Old Testament, and a few I've taken from the New Testament. So ones from the Old Testament are Psalms 86, verse 15, and it says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And that is it he is slow to anger i've often said lord if it was not the old testament days a lot of us wouldn't be here and i'm thinking to myself probably i wouldn't even be here because of all the wrongs and the sins i've committed against the lord another one is taken from psalms 36 verse 7 and it says how precious is your unfailing love oh god precious you know if we have something that we hold dear to us, it is precious. Like you'd say, diamonds are precious. They are rare, in it? So like the love of God is so precious. Why? Because it is rare. Human beings, we don't really love. Because say, for example, you marry. And if someone upsets you, the first thing normally comes out is I hate you. But the Bible tells us that, tells us that love does not hold. Um, basically a history of wrong. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. And we see here in Psalms 36, verse seven, that says, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. So God's love towards you, God loves towards me is unfailing and it is precious. Another one is taken from Zephaniah 3, Verse 17. And it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. I remember the first time I read that. And I said, What? God sings (laughs) you know what I mean God sings God actually sings because there are times when you're so in awe but not realizing that he's also you know he has feelings his characters we are made in his image so the things that we love like we sing we have joy so he sings over you And if that is not love, it's like a mother hushing her child back to sleep, singing lullabies. And that's the picture I often get when I remember this verse, which says, he sings over us. You know, there's, from the New Testament, I also found 1 John 4, verse 16. And it says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives God and God in them. Why? Because God is love. Then we have 1 John 4 verse 19 that says we love because God first loved us. And that's it. God first loved us. Even when we didn't love him, he loved us. And the final one that I'm going to read is taken from Romans 5 verse 8 to 9. And it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? So what it says here, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Whilst you were still living in sin, whilst I was still living in sin, Christ died for us. Why? Because it was worth it. And I say thank you very, very much. And God bless you. And thank you for tuning into this episode. And I will say in closing, it doesn't matter what anyone says, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks, remember the God of creation, He loves you with an everlasting love. His love for you will never end, it will never run out. It doesn't matter what you have done, it doesn't matter what you have said, God loves love for you will never change. Whilst you commit sin, it doesn't give you an excuse to continue living in sin. He wants you to come and turn to him and turn away from sin. So God bless you all and tune in again for another episode. And I say to you, shalom, shalom, shalom. Bye.